0: <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna be a loose one. Oh. Welcome back to the Retro Crab Tech of the Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt, hey who's yo. feeling like a prank star today. Ooh, uh, I think feeling a bit loose. Overtired is, yeah. the, is the real let's no, uh, go with uh, loose. I like that. Yeah. Or do I? Hmm. No, that sounds bad. Let's go with overtired. <laughs> All right. You managed to stay awake through the entire entirety of the... I mean, yeah, it was riveting. Oh. It was it was gripping. I was on the edge of... of my love seat. Yeah. Yeah. You were on the other edge. I was on the other edge. It's a pretty small love seat. Yeah. Well... <laughs> it's not a lot of... Yeah. Seat. Seat. Yeah. But so much love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll get to that in a second we'll get to that in a second how are you not too bad well i'm sick but not about not too bad i have been ill lately which means lots of time for watching shit mm. i don't know what it is about being sick and like having a sick day but i often watch stuff that's just kind of bad yeah which i guess makes sense given that i'm part of this podcast but you just don't want your brain to work too much when I guess you're that's sick what right it is, yeah you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get into something cerebral or something that i care deeply about because i don't want to feel things either it's got to be some junk and honestly superhero shit is usually the way i go interesting yeah so i went on the old d plus yeah. And watched some garbage Marvel stuff that I had not seen. Um well, one good thing. I watched uh, Werewolf by Night or Werewolves by Night, Werewolf, Werewolf by Night. Werewolf yeah. by Night. Yeah. Um which was just fun. It was kind of fun. I I yeah. enjoyed it. It was great. Um but then I watched all of She-Hulk. Yes. And you know, uh, Charlie Cox just couldn't quite save it for me. Mm, yeah. I love him. I love that he's still Daredevil. That they didn't recast him. He did such a good job. That was the best episode of the show. Yeah, he's great. Um, but then like, well, oh, I mean, I don't know how much we want to just get into She Hulk, but it was just bad. Like, it was, it was bad. It was not No, not good. Yeah, I mean. I like that they took the self aware meta of the character from the comic books and brought it into the show to the point where she literally goes to visit Kevin, the AI that yeah creates all the Marvel content. <laughs> and I'm like, boy, is this timely. Oh boy, yeah. It's like it's did kind anyone of felt strange. <laughs> did anyone at Disney watch this show? <laughs> Do they realize they're the villains of their own show?
1: No? 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 Okay.
0: Um, that was fun. It fell a little flat, um, because while it's funny, it's funny that they acknowledge that they kind of just have a paint-by-numbers approach to the content that they've churned out. Mm -hmm. Um... They they haven't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> they're still just doing it. Which honestly m- makes it a bit worse. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, we know. We know. And you're going to eat it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And Th- yeah. it's just it, like they're making you dollar store brand mac and cheese. And then, now they're just spitting in it before they give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah actually that does yeah like like now there's contempt behind it before it was just like look it's it's dollar store mac and cheese you fucking you want it or not just eat it (laughs) and now it's like here you go (laughs) yeah like like i saw you spitting it like yeah you're gonna just let it go to waste like i guess not oh my gosh (laughs) I guess I'll just eat the... And I guess, yeah, in case people in the future, hello future people, are listening to this, this is during the time of a rather historic writer's strike. And actor's strike. And actor's strike. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a big deal. Streaming is a very big part of it. Um, And if you're listening to this, it means that we won oh <laughs> the <laughs> war against the machines <laughs> right uh if you're not then eh. then uh you're good we had a good run <laughs> if you're yeah. not listening to this then it doesn't matter yeah what we say
1: yeah right? so
0: that's my philosophy on our podcast <laughs> pretty much yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't matter someone could be calling you an asshole right now you'd never know Oh, um, yeah, sure. I'm sure there is. And that's fine. Yeah, because you don't know. doesn't bother you. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes started twitching. Anyway. It's good It's good to do physical. Physical comedy on a podcast. Yeah. Love it every time. Yeah, so there is that. And it was tough. It was sucky, too, because I, f- I felt like She-Hulk could have gone more strongly in the direction of, like, um, exploring what it is to be female and superhero. Right. Especially with just like the way that Black Widow's been treated in the vast majority of the movies. Um what but it was <laughs> uh, over sexualized. Oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. you go. Um She's and, such like, a poser. Such <laughs> a Oh god. Um yeah, but it was just kind of it was background, you know? It was like um, you know, in the in the in the show, Jen She Hulk, like her assistant asks, like what the best things are about being a superhero. I don't remember the exact line, but she said like something, 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 something. But then also being able to walk home at night with headphones on and feel safe. Mm. Mm-hmm. And her assistant said that's that's the dream, like that's every woman's dream. And I was like, yeah. I feel like maybe we could explore that a little bit more in the media but instead no, Jim's no too busy trying to be Ferris Bueller yep and yeah, but anyway yeah no time to actually you know get into the the meat and bones of it we gotta stay on the surface that's where Marvel operates on the surface Yeah, Mm. yeah you gotta make sure that the exterior is nice and shiny so that they don't uh, you don't find out how rotten the and rusty the insides are. Kevin. It's Kevin. Um yeah, I watched it when it came out and then I completely wiped it from my mind and I <laughs> it's just disposable. Yeah. I'm not surprised you watched it when it came out. I didn't expect anyone to. Um yeah. But on that note, anything interesting you've been watching lately? Yes. Oh. I uh, took part in the cultural phenomenon that has been sweeping our nation. So you started playing pickleball. No, I did. And I skinned my knee and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm going back. I'm getting back in my lane. I'm staying in my lane. I'm going to go to the movies and I'm going to take part in this other cultural phenomenon known as Barbenheimer. <laughs> Oh, did you watch both? Yeah. Okay. On the same day. On the same day? Back is to that what back. people have been doing? Yeah. Which one's first? Oppenheimer. Okay, good. Because I was going to say, there's only one way to do that in my I, mind. I don't know if it's good. Oh, okay. But I don't know <laughs> if the other way would be any better. I just feel like if, it, if one is, is darkly serious and the other one is darkly funny, then do the funny one after as a palate cleanser i guess so i guess yeah so but yes tell me about barbenheimer experience so this was my day this was my anniversary celebration with my partner oh um (laughs) what we decided to do so 10 a.m okay (laughs) we went to see oppenheimer in imax at 10 a.m at 10 at 10 o'clock in the morning it was sold out 10 o'clock on a monday morning and it was sold out sold out
1: holy crap
0: yeah no it's it's nuts They're uh because this was one of the few screens in north america that was showing it in 70 millimeter film projection oh like i can't remember the last time i saw something in film projection and i was like S- text on the screen's kind of wobbling a bit huh <laughs> is that supposed to happen right There's this film <laughs> wild weird Um, I think the last thing I saw projected on film was um, Skyfall. Wow, that was a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. There was a theater that I used to go to all the time when I was in college. um, And, like, they were closing down. Uh... And so I drove back to the city to, like, go see a movie there one last time (laughs) before they closed down. And I think, yeah, I think it was Skyfall. Wow. But, yeah. Um, So it's, it's... I mean, it's awesome. I haven't seen a film in IMAX that was shot for IMAX in I've... I don't even know. I'm trying to remember now, but it's like wh- when it is the full IMAX ratio, it is three stories tall. It's floor to ceiling screen. Yeah. Um it's not entirely in that aspect ratio. It jumps around a bit, which bothered me <laughs> of course <laughs> um but des didn't even notice apparently um but i was like why and sometimes with like within the same scene oh odd yeah like he'll do the establishing shot in wide imax and then cut in to a, a shorter aspect ratio for the close-ups and stuff but then sometimes there are close-ups that are in imax and it just i'm just like that seems like the kind of thing that would bother you incessantly <laughs> Like what? Like are you just trying to save film? Like is that it? Like you just didn't have enough film to do it all? Didn't have enough millimeters. I guess not. Like I don't know. It seemed weird. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like and then yeah. That's that's neither here nor there. Um. But the movie's incredible. I I really 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 dig it. Oh yeah. Um. It's gonna sweep a lot of the Academy Awards this year, I think. Oh. Uh, there's three or four acting nominations, for sure. Wow. Um, two of them might be competing for Best Supporting Actress, because I don't know if you could call Emily Blunt's role a leading role. Um, and both her and Florence Pugh give very, very good performances. I believe it. But there's... There's three for sure potentially four acting nominations there. Wow. Um Robert Downey Jr. is brilliant in it, Killian Murphy's brilliant in it. The cinematography is insane. I mean it looks um, real good. Yeah, but like it's it's a, yeah, it it's a very depressing, serious I mean yeah <laughs> drama about, a given. about guilt. Mm. ultimately yeah um and then after that then you go and you watch a movie about a toy and it's like (sighs) the tonal whiplash that you experience
1: (laughs) i can only imagine so
0: real oh gosh um is it too was it like how did it negatively impact your viewing of barbie to have come out of oppenheimer no, I mean we had enough time in between. So we saw a 10 a.m. showing that took us to like one o'clock. It was a three Ugh. three hour movie. Oh, um, and then we didn't have to be back at the theater till about 3:40 was when we got our Barbie okay. tickets for. So we had a bit of time in between to like decompress and talk yeah. about the movie and and have some lunch, um, and then spiral a little bit, head to the theater for, um, for Barbie. And I would, I mean, out of the two, I would say I liked Oppenheimer more. Oh, okay. And I don't think that was ever going to be really in doubt. Okay. Um, because I'd say it like I, I'll say this before I go into my review of Barbie. Okay. It's obviously not for me. Barbie. Yeah. 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 It's not. It's not aimed at me at all. And that's fine because I have literally every other movie. as a man (laughs) i have literally every other movie that i can watch um but i still i still enjoyed it um there was i think my biggest complaint about barbie honestly is that it's just not that funny oh really like it's a it's a it's a cute movie, and, like, I get why it's... I totally get why it's be- as successful as it is. Like, it is it is a very well-made movie, and especially for young-ish girls. I wouldn't take super young kids to it, because it is not really aimed at kids. Like, I think it's rated PG-13. Okay. Um, I I would say maybe 10 and up is kind of when you can start maybe explaining to your young daughter that the world isn't made for her.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> and uh yeah. Um Yeah, so uh, uh but the for me like like the 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 story and everything totally works. Okay. Yep. For the most part, I have a couple like tiny little nitpicks that whatever. Um but yeah, for me it's just like the jokes aren't that funny. Hmm. There are some very, like, there are some good jokes, some very good jokes, but there's a whole bunch of other jokes that just kind of, hmm. Like, like, they didn't land, or, like, they weren't funny to you, or, like. No, like, I didn't even hear that much laughter in the theater when we were watching it. Hmm. Um, That's weird. It comes across as a movie that would be extremely funny yeah i mean like there's a there's a Zack snyder's justice league joke that is gonna age like milk oh (laughs) it is not it is not gonna be funny and like it's already kind of not that funny because Zack snyder's justice league is kind of uh, yeah i think it's just out of that's out of the mindset right now i certainly don't think about it for sure um yeah, so, like, that's that's not going to age super well. Um, th- there is a very funny joke, though, where they get um, one of the Kens to explain the movie The Godfather to them in detail to distract him. <laughs> um, yeah, it, so uh, that was kind of it for me. And then, uh, and then also there's, like, this whole subplot with, like, the executives from Mattel trying to get Barbie and Ken back into Barbie land and it's played by Will Farrell and (laughs) he's like hamming it up real big and, and doing like a big goofy thing. And I'm like, I don't think that's the energy that this point or this part needs. Hmm. Like, I think you need to cast like, like Michael Douglas. Who's that again? Uh, Hank Pym. Oh, right you you need I think you need to play that bit straight because everything else is kind of wacky and and kooky and to have like a wacky kooky he, he's not even the antagonist really I don't know it's hard to explain but he, he he's like it, it's all it's like an afterthought kind of hmm. his part but and, and it's played like all kind of wacky and kooky and I'm like no nah, I like I feel like this needs this needs a straight man Hmm. need like a michael douglas or i don't i don't know tom cruise <laughs> i mean tom cruise is very funny though also that's true he is but yeah i don't know for some reason michael douglas is the actor that keeps popping into my head oh, well. or like uh, john goodman could maybe do a oh. good take on it okay yeah yeah, yeah. um Yeah. I get what you mean, though. If the setting is very wacky, and then, like... George Clooney. Oh, that would be good. (laughs) Yeah. Then, yeah, just having a wacky character on top of it. Yeah, like... I I, kind of feel like everything that takes place in the real world shouldn't be kind of zany and kooky. Mm. And it sort of is. Um... And that's the other thing is I don't know if having Barbie go to the real world is like the best way to do it. Yeah, I didn't know that happened. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I have mild complaints about it, but again, it's clearly not made for me, and it didn't not work enough for me to like not really enjoy it. No, you said you still enjoyed the movie. I did enjoy my time it, there. It was it was good. I just I don't know if I'd rush out to theaters to see it again. Hmm. you know we'll see how the experience of Oppenheimer <laughs> earlier in the same day yeah see, it. Oppenheimer I would definitely go out to see in theaters again I would like to see it in IMAX again one more time if I could before it leaves theaters because like when am I going to have that opportunity again right you know um, so anyways it's a very weird social experiment <laughs> kind of to do um, I don't know if it's successful or not <laughs> but it's not. It's, there's a lot of worse ways to spend a day. So true. <laughs> but well, yeah. I, I I enjoyed I, my day as a whole. That's way. good. That's yeah. good. I I don't think that I will be participating in this social experiment. Um. But interesting to hear how it went from your perspective. Well, I'll be interested to see if this this kind of thing has legs at all. Outside of like the first couple weeks of them being in theaters, um, kind of seems like it wouldn't, but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know either. Like, are there gonna be like Barbenheimer festivals? Festivals? Well, like, you know, how like they'll do like I mean, this is just one movie, but they'll, the people will put on like Lebowski Fest, mm. like, you dress up like characters from the big Lebowski and they make white Russians, and then <laughs> you go see, right. Big Lebowski, like, are people gonna do like like Barbenheimer Fest, where like you show up in costume and hand you a coffee and a black black coffee and a cigarette, and you go watch Oppenheimer, and then you come out, and then there's like pink lemonade mimosas and like cupcakes, and then you go watch Barbie. That would be no. I still can't imagine. I still can't imagine watching those two movies back to back. (laughs) Like, can't do it. Yeah, I kind of don't think it'll have legs too much because i mean a lot of people have been bringing up that the dark knight and mamma mia came out on the same day (laughs) i didn't know that the dark mama
1: the dark mama
0: but i'm like yeah but that was 2008 like twitter was not really i I think it was around but it was not twitter Mm -hmm. you know the way it is today 2008 people were still using facebook yeah (laughs) There was no, there, you know, there's no TikTok memes going around. Certainly not. Um, So, I don't know. I, I, I certainly wasn't aware of the Dark Knight Mamma Mia thing back in 2008 because I was, like, laser focused on seeing the Dark Knight. Of course. Um, So, I, but I don't know if that was really a thing that was talked about. Um, hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see if that kind of sticks around past the meme phase i kind of don't suspect it will but time will tell yeah as we like to say on the retro craptacular podcast yeah who knows maybe we'll be talking about barbie one day maybe all on, all i well, talking about it right now so. we are talking about it right now no. i'm afraid today of, is that day i guess it is <laughs> What are you uh, afraid of? Uh, You know, as always, we're constantly f- in fear of Hollywood learning the wrong lessons from things, success. Oh. They've yeah. already announced that Lena Dunham is going to be directing a Polly Pocket movie. Oh. And I'm like, oh, cool, you got less good Barbie directed by less good Greta Gerwig. Wow. <laughs> to try to make the same amount of money from less money. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear what she has to say about feminism again i already watched all of girls yeah let me say it just uh didn't do a lot for the cause mm. you know in holland Polly pockets are called bichenos. Mm. but That's to an fun. english speaker if you ignore the fact that the T is Mitching, it does look like bitch and hose. <laughs> well great. Maybe I need to make a trip to Amsterdam when Polly Pocket comes out so I can see bitch and hose. Bitch and hose in theater. <laughs> in theater. That's fun. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Uh cool. Yeah. So that yeah. was my weird experience. That sounds weird. Um fun day, but again, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth repeating. I don't know if I recommend it. Yeah, it sounds like a bad idea. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad I saw both. Uh, and I, and I will say this about Barbie. I think the Barbie movie is about as good a version of a Barbie movie as you could ever get. Interesting. I think I think it is. Aside from the fact that like some of the jokes didn't quite land for me. Execution wise, plot wise, casting wise, everything. Ryan Wise, Ryan Wise, certainly. Look, he's so good. He's so good in it. He is. Um, so funny. Um, but it, it it is about as good of a of a movie that you could make about Barbie as, as you could ever hope to get, because it's a bad idea.
1: <laughs>
0: Making a movie about Barbie is a bad idea. I mean, it seems like a stronger idea than making the emoji movie. Certainly. But I guess. But that's also a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. That's a idea. I never saw it, of course, but. But I mean, like, I guess they took a look at the Lego movie. Which, which had no business being as good as it was. Should not work, but managed to be really great. And I think. Maybe that is kind of the approach they should have taken a bit more with it. Hmm. Um, As opposed to having Barbie come into the real world, like maybe have it all take place in Barbie land, but then. I mean, but then you're just ripping off the Lego movie, so I don't know. But what I liked about the Lego movie is you watch this whole. You know, you watch this character go on this adventure, and then at the end. You realize that it's, like, been this kid playing this whole time. Yeah. Building Lego the way he wants to play with Lego, which is just, you know, build stuff from his imagination and have fun and unlimited creativity. And then his dad is the one that's like, no, there are rules and a system and a set of instructions and you build it according to the instructions and you follow the rules and and you crazy glue them all together so that they can never be taken apart <laughs> at the end. And then he shows his dad that actually there's more than one way to play with Lego. Each way of playing with Lego is valid. And then they go have Taco Tuesday. Wow, you remembered so much more about the ending of that movie than I did. <laughs> I love the Lego movie. It's good. I think it's fucking brilliant. Um again cuz it shouldn't be <laughs> like the fact that it works at all is amazing. It's true. Um so then like I don't know maybe Barbie could have taken more of that kind of approach but then I I don't know uh, yeah I I I don't I don't have a good take on Barbie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know. Um <laughs> I I never played with Barbies and I don't remember really like my cousins or girls and like I don't remember them playing with Barbies either really. Hmm. I definitely did kid. play with Barbies. I didn't have... Yeah. I had Barbie-sized Max Steel figures. Oh, Max Steel. I forgot about Max and Steel. And Action Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No? We had uh, Jasmine growing up. That was one of the most memorable Barbie dolls. Oh, like from Disney? Yeah. Princess Jasmine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't get any of those... Uh, licensed Barbies. Oh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> In sync doesn't show up. Oh yeah, no, I was kinda hoping they might rip off. Yeah. Oh, the other standout from uh this movie besides Ryan Gosling and, and Margot Robbie is um Michael Sarah.
1: Oh what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael Sarah plays Alan. Alan? He's Ken's buddy. Oh my god And gosh. all his clothes fit him. Oh wow. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it was like a very failed um, uh, action figure from the 60s or 70s or something like that. They tried to give Ken a buddy. Wow. And you could swap clothes with Ken and Alan. They're you know they're totally interchangeable. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's the only one. Like, there's so many other Kens, right? There's like 30 Kens in the movie. Nice. Um, and there's 30. Sixty hundred Barbies in the movie, right? Um, But just the one Allen. But just the one (laughs) Allen. Oh, and there was a Skipper. Skipper. Yeah, it was the babysitter doll. I don't remember that at all either. Yeah. So they do a good job of going into like the back lore of of barbie i only know this stuff because i watched the toys that made us episode about oh, barbie oh nice yeah okay. that <laughs> makes sense <laughs> i was watching like oh i remember them talking about alan yeah that was funny It's <laughs> <That's> cute <laughs> um so it, it's clear that obviously like greta gerwig played with a lot of barbies when she was a little girl nice yeah well well if anyone else listening has done the barbin let us know yeah How did that go for you? What state is your mind in after such an experience? (sighs) Tweet at the show on Twitter or email us on email. Yeah. I don't remember our handles. (laughs) Oh, it's at RetroCrapPod on Uh, both. Gmail.com and then, uh, yeah, at RetroCrapPod on Twitter. Instagram. Nice. Don't Instagram us. That's weird. That's weird. (laughs) Anytime we get an Instagram DM, I'm like, someone watching the show and it's always like, hey, baby. Oh. I've missed you and I'm like no you haven't <laughs> you haven't missed me at all shut up you don't know you don't even know me um <laughs> where I'm from what my sass, what sass factor, factor is, <laughs> is. yeah so anyways yeah that's my that's my thing that I saw oh yeah recently yeah that's big cool I haven't been watching Secret Invasion I well, don't really plan on it no I've been watching it it's better than she Hulk, is it yeah yeah despite apparently what the rippies say I, I think ultimately, probably people didn't expect much from She Hulk. Well, they shouldn't have. But expectations for Secret Invasion would have been way higher. It's, yeah, it should have been real good. It should be really good. It's fine. But it's just fine. Yeah, there were some missed opportunities. Something bad happens in the first one that was unfortunate. But I won't spoil it for you.
1: Okay, cool. I
0: don't really care that much. But... Oh, okay. Should I spoil it for you? Sure. Should I spoil it for everyone? Yeah, spoilers. <gasps> Ooh, jump spoilers. Jump ahead, jump ahead like thirty seconds to a minute if you don't want to get spoiled. Cool. So, episode one, um, Nick Fury comes back to Earth and reunites with his right-hand agent. Well, I always forget the the character's name, but I remember this Maria it's... Hill. Yes, Maria Hill played by Colby Smulders. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always remember her human name. Um. <laughs> Because characters human aren't there. human um, Keep skipping ahead We haven't got there yet Oh yeah sorry no <laughs> I, have to, I take a long time to say things Anyway the bad thing that happens Is that she dies Oh okay And I saw the show as a really Good opportunity to actually have her Be a fucking character Yeah. Because she's been around for so long and we know So much about her but she's always kind of a background Character <laughs> and I was like sweet let's get More Agent Hill Side by side with Nick Fury and then she dies and I was like that's a wasted opportunity. And it's actually her, it's not a scroll. It's actually her. She dies and then she stays dead in her own face cuz scrolls turn back to scrolls when they die. Ah, uh, okay. Yep. And I was like, no. I I get like that's how you make that's how you decided writers to make it personal for Nick Fury. Yeah. But it already was and that was unnecessary. And he robbed us of a strong female character that could have been, could have gotten more screen time and been explored better. But this time it is personal for Nick Fury. Seems like it. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I don't care that much. That's fair. I think a lot of people have kind of stopped caring about what the MCU is up to mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. I'll still watch some stuff. Cause it, oh, especially, you know, when I'm sick. <laughs> Um, which is why I watched Secret Invasion. I was sick and I was like, what's on? <laughs> I think this is the point I'm at with Marvel. I, I mean, I said when I talked about Guardians 3 that it kind of gave me permission to let go finally. Right. Like I finished Guardians 3 and I was like, oh, that was the thing I was holding on for. Now I'm done. Nice. So for me from now on, it's going to be like, if I hear that the Marvels is really good, then I'll check it out when it shows up on Disney Plus. Right. I'm not gonna support it in the theater. Yeah, I don't care that much. I kind of want this type of filmmaking to die. What do you mean by this type of filmmaking? Like the expanded universe type of filmmaking. The, that I don't think everything needs to be a shared universe. I don't think everything needs to be based on a pre-existing property. Oh, there's uh, that. This, yeah. This completely risk-averse approach to filmmaking. Ah. Uh, um. IP-driven filmmaking and uh, the the made to please everybody mm. filmmaking. I think everyone. I feel like and. This is maybe just me reading into it, having no idea what the industry's like at all, but it seems like a larger companies are just afraid to be Star Wars because of what happened in like seven, eight and nine. Where like what, what do you mean? Afraid to be Star Wars. They really divided the fan base, mm yeah, and then tanked. And there haven't been any other movies. Star Wars is unique though. In the way that like I don't think anyone will ever be happy with what they're putting. Like, there's always just gonna be this section of the fan base that is like, I hate this. This is stupid. Why do you keep ruining the thing that I love? And it's like maybe because this isn't for you anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean You know, um yeah, there is that part of the the fan base that are just terrible human beings. Um yeah, and and like, it's okay if not everything's for you anymore. Like, I I didn't really like this last season of The Mandalorian. I've liked each su- uh, su- uh, consecutive season yeah. of The Mandalorian. Successive, I think was the word. That for was for you, but consecutive is better. Yeah. Um, Good job. I've liked it less and less, and like yeah. this one I thought was really bad. It was a stinker um and i mean there's issues in in the filmmaking approach to it that i can point to as be like this is why it didn't work for me but like Mm. i also have to remind myself that there's a lot of people out there that don't think about that kind of stuff that just (laughs) sort of take it as the property yeah and like talk about it as if it's not a thing made by human beings behind closed doors and in sound studios and on computers yeah you know, uh, that, that treat it as, as, like, more real. That's true. Um, and, like, so there's a bunch of people that really, really like The Mandalorian. thing. think that's, like, the best thing that Disney's ever done. And I'm like, eh. That's sad. It was good when it started. And then it was okay in the second season. It was still pretty fun most of the time. Some of the time. <laughs> Some of the time. Yeah. The, the Ice Spider episode was, ugh. oh, God. Um, You know... And then the third season is just like, what are you even doing? Like, did you even watch your show? Yeah. Did you even watch your show last se- Like, what? Yeah. Was, what? Yeah. But, yeah, filmmaking is in a really weird spot right now. And, I mean, obviously, the strikes are also happening now. And yeah. But it's, it's really interesting. Like, the superhero movies are seem to be doing less and less business. Mm-hmm. The, flop, uh, the Flash I'll just call it the flop. The Flash <laughs> is the biggest flop in Warner Brothers history. Oh, really? Yeah. History? History. Warner Brothers makes a lot of movies. Yeah. 100 years of movies. Yeah. Wow. And it's the biggest wow. one. I didn't know they, it they was a thing. <laughs> they would have lost less money if they had just quietly put it out on HBO Max and not said anything really wow yikes um and i don't know what exactly i mean i think there's a couple of different things you can point to i haven't seen it yet there's probably a couple different things you can point to the fact that ezra miller went nuts a while ago and like is it the director or there's the star oh the star okay like nuts what do you mean uh like uh, kidnapped a woman and her child and was like what? holding them hostage in a farmhouse and with like guns and drugs and shit and like broke into someone's house in Hawaii and like stole a passport and some money like holy they, shit they just had run in after run in with the law and this was after the movie was filmed after they'd shot it but yeah before it was released but before it was released oh boy and everyone's like yeah there's no way you can roll this person out on a Press tour. Are you kidding me? Like, can't sit him down in a press junk and be like, all right, so let's talk about the kidnapping. <laughs> like, wow. first of all, Ezra, I just want to say, love the movie. I think you're great in it. Um, well, it was, must have been great working with Michael Keaton again as Batman that's exciting can we talk about the run in the, with the law in Hawaii I'd like to hear more about that what were you thinking like, <laughs> uh, when you broke into that couple's house <laughs> and threatened to murder them what was that about oh my gosh like, you can't roll that of course not that person out on a press tour like wow, that wow that's um, so messed up I did not yeah, know about this yeah, yeah they had a, some sort of mental breakdown crisis of something or other going on yes. um they put out a statement that they are receiving help, okay, so that's good, and they were very minimally involved in the press for the movie. no kidding, um yeah, yikes, but like that's that that thing has lost like two three hundred million dollars already um Indiana Jones is flopping. Fucking, there's a Blue Beetle movie coming out in, like, two weeks that nobody's going to see because they're not what advertising the, it. What the fuck is Blue Beetle? It's another DC Comics movie. Oh. You know, Thor didn't do that well. Which um, one? Love and Thunder. Oh. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I think that was that was an airplane watch for me. <laughs> yeah. So that didn't do very well. Uh, Shazam 2 didn't do very well. The, the last oh, few Marvel right. movies in theaters have kind of been meh, except Guardians. Oh. Guardians did really well. Is that why DC wanted James Gunn so bad? Because Guardians was still surviving. Well, I mean, they got him way before this movie came out. Oh. Um, they got. I think they wanted James Gunn because they realized that he was underutilized and underappreciated at Marvel. Mm. Um, and after he did the Suicide Squad for them, they realized that he has like a really kind of deep breadth of knowledge of their characters and stuff like that, mm. and was someone that. You know, he did the Suicide Squad for them, which financially was not very well received. Uh, didn't do very well financially, but was very well critically received. Rant. Peacemaker was very well critically received. Oh, yeah, the, did really good numbers. Show. Yeah. So they were like, this guy seems to know a lot about what he's doing. And yeah. Um, But it's interesting that like. Guardians did really well. Barbie is doing really well. These are both movies that were not. Created by an algorithm or a committee, they were created by uh, filmmakers that obviously had a very unique and interesting take and and something to express heart and soul. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a checklist movie. It wasn't made by a a, a body for hire. Hmm. You know, it feels like a lot of these like Marvel filmmakers like your job is to get the film done. On time. Yeah. (laughs) That's your job. Yeah. We've written it. It's not an artistic endeavor at that point. No, but you know, Guardians is one of the only one of these movies that is written and directed by the same person. Right. Yeah. Uh I think the last time that happened was probably Joss Whedon on The Avengers. It's a long time ago. Avengers and and um, the sequel. I know Taika. Well, Taika had a writing credit on Thor, but I don't think he was the sole writer. Hmm. But you know, Greta uh, and then Greta Gerwig uh, wrote Barbie with Noah Baumbach. Oh, um, yeah, which is fucking insane. <laughs> like the fact that like the fact that I see those two people's names in the credits of a Barbie movie. <laughs> That's gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah. Is nuts to me. <laughs> Fucking mental. Well. <laughs> but you know, it's it's weird, right? Like you give creatives the opportunity to actually express themselves and don't try not to get in their way. You know? Yep. Yeah. If you give them if you give them really wide goalposts. And say like your only your only job is to score. Yeah, make you know. I feel like I feel like there's probably a fixation in a lot of different industries and stuff on like data and numbers, mm-hmm. and especially the money and the making and like the the facts about a thing that was successful. Um, but if the people making about it care about it the people watching it will know. Yeah, well I think it's an intangible thing, right? It's not yeah. really a thing that can be tracked by metrics other than looking at these were these are those types of movies and they've done really well. Yeah. You know? It's it's not a thing that like the art the audience doesn't maybe doesn't know going into it, but they go, Oh, I liked those last two Guardians movies. They were really fun and good and a lot better than Black Widow. Um.
1: (laughs) 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 Sorry, Sorry. your your delivery there was impeccable. Black Widow. Like, what was the (laughs) worst one?
0: I forgot that was even a movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was. About four years too late is what it was. Well said. If that. Maybe more. Maybe. Uh, Um, Yeah. but, But yeah, like that, you know, I think there's just something that the audience can tell. Like, oh, this is... This is good. Yeah. And they might not be going like, this is good because it was written and directed by an auteur filmmaker. They're going like, this was good because I liked it. Yeah. And then there's just, you know, some kind of stink on stuff like the flash and Indiana Jones five and Shazam two. And I forgot they did an the Indiana Jones five.
1: <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Whew.
0: Cut that. That was fucking annoying. <laughs> You know, we're trying to podcast here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen Indiana Jones five. Why would you? I don't know if I will. Why would you? Oh, wait till it's on Disney Plus. Ah, okay, you know. Yeah, but it's it's bombing. Well, of course it <laughs> is. Like they tried, they <laughs> already tried to revive it. Who the skull one? Well, yeah, but here's here's the thing. I mean, that was ten plus years ago already. Yeah. 15 years ago, maybe. So long ago. We were in high school when that came out. Yeah, geez. But who cares about Indiana Jones? Old people? Yeah. Oh. Like, like, specifically, like, men over the age of 30. And probably even more so men over the age of 40. Yeah. You know? Because so. we're both over the age of 30 and neither of us went to see it. Of course not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I went, I looked at the trailer and I was like, I don't know, yeah, I like Indiana Jones, but that looks bad, though. Yeah. Of course <laughs> it Whereas does. I feel like if I had maybe grown up watching it in the 80s, you know, or a little bit closer to when those movies were coming out, I might be going, like, yeah, you know what? I'd One last ride. Let's go. Hmm. Let's see. Whereas You're for me, the I'm money like. money from the old men. Yeah, I'm like, it's I like best places to get money from I, in their yeah. defense. Oh, yeah. But also, fuck them. But also, m- maybe not. Because, yeah. like, it's been. <laughs> It's been bombing, yeah. Because nobody cares. No one cares. Like my partner's like, really? Do you want to go see Indiana Jones? And I'm like, Do you want to see Indiana Jones? They're like, Not really. But like, <laughs> I'll go if you you want to go because I just I like spending time with you. And I'm like, Okay, well. <laughs> and I'm paying, so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll go. There, there was a double feature of. Uh, Mission Impossible and uh, Indiana Jones at the drive-in, and we we're like, oh, maybe we'll go do that. Hmm. And then we just ended up seeing Mission Impossible because it was fair. the only one we actually were interested in. And That's it, fair. It was pretty good.
1: Okay, yeah, that was nice.
0: Yeah. But, so I don't know. I, I'm I'm hopeful that this is gonna. Maybe we'll have like a repeat of the 1970s here when studios made too many huge, expensive, grandiose movies. And it completely bankrupted them, and nobody could. Because nobody wanted to see them anymore. Audiences were over it, and they didn't know what to do. So they're like, uh, what if we hired someone from film school to make a movie? We've (laughs) never done that before. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get, you know, THX and The Godfather and Dog Day Afternoon and fucking All Presidents Men, like some of the best fucking movies ever made. I don't know what it is. I've been going back to. Like, when I go back to, like, American movies, older, older American movies, it's movies from, like, the late 60s and, like, early to mid-70s that I'm really, really drawn back to. Hmm. There's just something about them that I'm just, like, I'm watching them, and I'm like, they don't make movies like this anymore. Maybe they will again. Like, I watched this movie called The Driver. The Driver. Is it about golfing? Uh, no. <laughs> it's about a guy who drives a car. It's basically Drive oh. with Ryan Gosling. Okay or to a lesser extent baby driver. Okay. Um but it fucking rocks, man. Oh, sweet. <laughs> like none of the characters have names or are like the driver, the boss, the you know, this guy, the whatever. Uh the face, the waitress, like that kind of thing. And then um it's it's like a tight 90 minutes. Uh the main character says like 15 lines of dialogue in the whole thing. Wow. And it's just like this, like super gritty crime movie. Very simple plot, and I'm like, this is wonderful. <laughs> There's no scene where they have to stop and explain everything to everyone.
1: Mm. Everyone
0: know I know what's going on. Yeah, I've known what's going on the whole time. Crime involving a car usually. <laughs> Anyways, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping we'll we'll get. Back to all their ideas for a a, a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie and a Polly Pocket movie and a fucking Magic 8-Ball movie. Hungry Hippos. They should make a Hungry Uh, Hippos movie. They probably are. (laughs) Mattel was like, yep, we got 38 projects that we're working on. Oh, my God. Uno is one of them. What? The Magic 8-Ball is one of them. That wasn't a joke? No, that wasn't a joke. They're making a movie about... Magic 8 ball? Yes. Is Magic 8 ball a character? It's the it's the 8 ball where you're like, "Hey, uh, am I going to get laid tonight?" and you shake the ball and it's like, "Outlook not so good." How do you I, I don't, know. don't never mind. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't have asked. And then the one the one uh other oh, Hot Wheels and Matchbox, both, they're doing both. Okay. They're just cars. Yeah. Yeah, they're just cars. cars. Um the one Uh, property that they have that is ripe for making a a big budget uh, blockbuster action film Masters of the Universe oh they just announced they cancelled that movie What? I'm like you fucking idiots are too fucking stupid to be as rich as you are like how how did you get as far in life making dog shit decisions like this it's a valid question. I like, you, know, you know what we should do? Uh, should we do uh, a movie about the thing that already has 40 years of lore and backstory and characters and a complete world? It's already been built. There's an intact mythology. All we've got to do is put it on the screen and maybe convince an actor to take too many steroids because there's no way we can oh, find yes. a human that exists <laughs> that looks like that. There aren't any bodybuilders <laughs> like that anymore. <laughs> no, they only existed because of steroids. Yeah. Um, Or should we do a movie about a, a card game where you have to only have one card left at the end? You have to say Uno. You have to say Uno or else someone's going to make you pick up two. I hate it. And they're like let's do the card game. Yeah. The other one sounds like too much reading. Too much reading. Too expensive. I mean, maybe. Maybe it's too expensive. But it's, if you, if but you, they're rich. I get. They're yeah, they're I know. Rich as I shit. Know, right? What's too expensive to them? Well, but if
1: they did a $200, $250, $250.
0: $250? <laughs> that's way too much money. <laughs> $250 million version of He Man, The Masters of the Universe. Would you not be there day one? Pro- well, it depends on the trailer, but probably. Yeah. Who would you cast as He-Man? Who would be a good He-Man cast today? Oh, uh, does it have to be... Do you have to cast Prince Adam and He-Man as the same person? It would be more interesting if you didn't, honestly, now that I think about it. Yeah, okay. Then, uh, in that case, I would cast the guy who plays Reacher in the show Reacher. I'm not familiar. Because he's huge. Oh, okay. Uh, I would cast him as He Man. That is kind of a prerequisite. You need someone who's huge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I would cast him as He Man. He's also not a bad actor either. He, he he can nice. He can act. The other thing is, I guess you could do digital enhanced muscles or a muscle suit or something like that. Combination of makeup and digital. Yeah. But, but I would get him as He Man, and then as Prince Adam. David Spade uh no <laughs> why do you always say david Stone? i don't know he's hilarious and i haven't seen him in a long time <laughs> um dude i guess prince adam like like a i don't want to say timothy chalamet but like like that kind of type like like a scrying little fucking weasel kid yeah yeah that would like be, ten ten be... 10 years ago i would have cast michael sarah Oh God! <laughs> I immediately pictured him in, in as um, um, George Michael Bluth, yeah. wearing the the muscle costume, the pink, the pink shirt with the huge white collar. Yeah, yeah. Um, I um, mean, Man at Arms, Jason Momoa. Oh, that was easy. Yeah. See, this thing casts itself, <laughs> and then but just... who are we gonna get for Orko, uh, the guy that w- did it in the cartoon? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Same with Mark Hamill. Just get Mark Hamill to do the voice oh, of Skeleton. Oh, fuck yes. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't know. I yeah. We're getting Magic 8-Ball, though. So Okay. I'm sure it'll be good. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the executives uh, said back in the 80s when they decided that they were going to make a movie about the moral panic around the tabletop role-playing game as yeah. a tv movie of the week yeah we got to go there buddy it's been too long <laughs> i forgot why we were here and <laughs> and it was a good thing well no, we watched uh mazes and monsters and we got to talk about it
1: tom hanks and his friends get caught up in a deadly game of fantasy
0: i am the maze controller
1: until they take it too far i propose we play mazes and monsters in a real setting it won't be a fantasy. Too bad for one of them, because now there's no turning back. This is only a game. I know, I killed somebody. Mazes and Monsters.
0: But you know what? We need to deal with our our inner demons, our yeah. trauma. Much like Tom Hanks did in <laughs> the yeah. TV movie of the week, Mazes and Monsters. And You know how we're going to deal with that shit? How are we going to deal with this shit, Matt? Well, I think we need to play Dungeons and Dragons right now. Right now. Okay, all right. Let's do it. Um got here we go. I'll roll a That's a d12. Let's You're just eat, You got to get this out of the way. Okay, here. yeah. Here we go. Um Alright, tell you what. give me a d20. If if we roll a Nat 20 on on this, we don't have to talk about the movie. Okay. Okay, here we go.
1: It was a 19.
0: Uh, Fucking Uh, ducks. It's a duck. Fucking ducks. Oh, still got to talk about Mazes and Monsters. Okay. So, the only reason anyone thinks about this movie today at all is because it was the acting debut of one Mr. Thomas Hanks. Yeah, first. America's dad. America's dad. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah, good Um, Thomas Hanks. Seemingly... Went on to do much better stuff after this. Um, Didn't take much. No. Yeah, no. this was... Yeah. Wow. So It's so weird. Because, like, most... I don't know. I feel like most actors I enjoy, I don't know what their first movie was, because it's usually something where you... Well, it's always fun finding out, like, oh, yeah, Kevin Bacon's first acting role was... Well, I don't know if it was his first one, but, like, one of his very first ones was, like, he was in Friday the 13th, you know, and he oh. stabbed through the bed with an arrow kind of thing. <laughs> and, uh, other, uh, Johnny Depp's first acting role was in Nightmare on Elm Street and, oh, you know, that, yeah. like, all that kind of stuff, right? So it was always kind of... Yeah, some of those are fun. Usually they do, like, some kind of shitty low-budget B-movie kind of thing right off the top and then end up... If they are successful, they end up getting out of that, right. and or they get pigeonholed as, oh, you're the horror movie guy, and then you just do horror movies for the rest of your career, and yeah, go to every convention, sign photos and stuff. And that's life. That's life. But not for Tom Hanks. But not for Tom Hanks. You wouldn't catch Tom Hanks dead at a convention, <laughs> signing photos. Would you catch him alive? Yeah. But don't. Yeah, he'd be he'd be at the back. Oh. Probably wouldn't have that long of a line. Yeah. Yeah. There's people there gonna be like, Tom, Tom, can you can you sign Mr. Hanks, sorry, Mr. Hanks, can you sign my D V D of the terminal? <laughs> 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 That'd be good. <laughs> you know? Uh yeah, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. Um everyone did. <laughs> I think it was all right. right? Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. I th- I, from what I remember, I've seen yeah, it's since been it a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's just assume um, it is. Let's be positive. All right. Before we talk about mazes and monsters, oh good, let's talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yes. So for the listeners, the one listener that doesn't know, this is for you. Hey, Mark. This hi, Mark. You. Oh, hi, Mark. Well, hi, Mark. So Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. right? It's <laughs> a fun game to play with your friends. like football you could play it in the suit in the street. <laughs> it's what. It's fun. It's whatever. Anyways, how's your sex life? <laughs> um, uh, it's a role-playing game where you assume the persona of a character and you have a sheet that tells you all of your skills laid out in a numerical value. Mm-hmm. And then you roll a dice. That is a very interesting way of summing up Dungeons & Dragons. Anytime you want to do a thing, you roll a dice, and you add the number related to that skill to the number on the dice. It's usually a 20-sided dice. And, and then the Dungeon Master... Dungeon Master tells you what happened, if you succeeded or not. Yeah. It is great. That Yeah. Dungeons & Dragons is fantastic. You're huge into Dungeons & Dragons. Very much so, Way yeah. more than me. Yeah. Um, i enjoy it on a very casual level yeah i enjoy playing it but i'm not baked in the lore of dungeons and dragons the way you are yeah well i even then like baked in the lore i wouldn't even describe myself as dude that. i'm looking at a shelf just full of books <laughs> Yeah, but there is there is like canon D and D lore that I have no I have no clue. Ah, okay. I like to you. make it my own worlds. Gotcha. Just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is a it is a fantastic creative outlet. It's a it is a collaborative storytelling mm-hmm. game. That's really what it is. It's, you're telling a story as a group of people. Yeah, it's and kind of, in the 1980s, when it first kind of came out, late late 70s, early 80s. I think so. Yeah. It kind of. I mean. I guess when the first one was published, I'm not exactly sure, but it was, it was in development for many, many years over the course of, you know, se- se- several years, several different iterations of it before Gary Gygax finally settled on Dungeons and Dragons as the yeah I think the original game required you to also own two other different games. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a it started with war games. Yeah. Which is, like, really, really intense risk, basically. Yeah, that is a good way of putting it. (laughs) It's, like, risk, but way more involved. And and usually it's, like, reenacting famous battles. So, like, you'd be, like, the Battle of Waterloo. One of you is the French. One of you is the English. And then there's, yeah, dice rolling. And and I don't know the rules to them. Yeah. Like, that's that's where it started. Gary Gygax was super into that. Uh, And then started developing his own sort of role playing game based on some of the rules around those and met up with another guy who all he also played war games with and they got talking and they would be like phoning each other and flying from different states to go visit each other and writing the rules together and play testing it with their friends and it was called like chain mail and then they added magic at one point and Mm. yeah yeah uh the podcast do go on does a very good episode oh nice uh going over the history of dungeons and dragons from the perspective of someone who doesn't know anything about dungeons and dragons oh that could be very helpful <laughs> so it's very easy to understand the story nice it's not getting bogged down in minutia that someone who like knows a ton of dungeons and dragons might think is important to include yeah uh, so if you want to learn about the the History of D and D. I think that's actually a very good, um, a very good resource to kind of get a, a nice overview of the history and development of the game. Nice, yeah, yeah. If you just search "do go on Dungeons and Dragons," it, it should pop up on Google. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And um, way back when, it uh, had a real bad rap. Yeah. So in the nineteen eighties there was uh, it was the target of uh probably tipper gore i'm assuming uh al gore's wo- uh wife mm. um she was the, the oh what is it the she was the head of the parents music resource council the what? The PMRC, which was responsible for bringing in the Parental Advisory Explicit Content oh. uh, sign that had to go on um, any album to let you know that it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> uh, and they were big into targeting heavy metal music of the day, right? Like right, that was, yeah. that was the main target, was heavy metal music, and then like a little bit later, gangster rap was the, the next sort of target. Oh, yes. Um, and in that, you know, the, the one of the big um sort of talking points that was constantly brought up is that heavy metal use likes to use a lot of demonic, satanic, evil sort of uh imagery and, and lyrical content in their right. in their lyrics. Um and, you know, talk about tearing down authority and not following the rules and all that kind of stuff. And Demonic stuff like so that. It was, it was, it was um, you know, seen as evil and not something that a good Christian nation like the United States of America should be supporting. So, Dungeons and Dragons kind of also took uh, a bit of that heat as well because there's, you know, fucking... Magic, warlocks, monsters, un- undead. Yeah, I mean, early Dungeons and Dragons had a lot of fighting vampires. That's yeah, a good. It's a good. It's a good monster to fight. A lot of fighting, mo- uh, vampires. vampires. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think back then, any the the notion of casting spells was like, oh, that's witchcraft. That's mm-hmm. paganism. That's evil. Well, and yeah, especially if you look at you know the 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 original kind of artwork that goes along, like you know you see a a drawing of Morden Kanan in his uh, you know in his room, and he's got a bunch of candelabras and whatever candles set up all around him, and he's got an ancient tome out in front of him, and he's on like an altar, and he's conjuring something and it's like oh yeah he's you know doing it's it's ritual spell casting kind of thing right as opposed to like gandalf which is just he just does magic with his staff yeah you know lord of the rings never seemed to draw that kind of attention yeah because it wasn't there was magic there wasn't casting spells and yeah, I feel like there's a there's a flavor difference there, in the mouths of the parents mm-hmm. of the '80s. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like Disney magic. Yeah, magic is great. Bip- Casting spells b- is evil. Bippity boppity boop. Yeah. You yeah. know, which did they ever ask? Chant what that means? <laughs> it's transmogrification. Yeah, it's turning a pumpkin into a carriage and a. Rat into a horse or whatever. Mice. Mice. And then the dog was the coachman. It's Maybe. Been a while. Anyways, Anyways yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same shit that you can do in D and D. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't need spell components. Yeah. Spell components are kind of a dumb part of D and D. I was gonna say. that depends on how you use them in my opinion i guess so i'm glad. they c- they can be annoying but i'm glad that our dungeon master is kind of mostly just ignored them yeah it doesn't really care that much <laughs> <laughs> like do you have a pearl necklace i don't care actually just sure <laughs> do, your, do your spell um yeah yeah and so yeah called the satanic panic dungeons and dragons was seen as occult and evil. Yeah. And. Occult. That was always the big thing. Yeah. It's part of the occult, you know. Yeah. Which, what does that even mean? Really? I don't know. What, what happens don't... if I Google occult? You're going to listen to, listen to uh, kiss backwards and, and play Dungeons and Dragons and kill everyone in your school. Yeah. That was kind <laughs> of the thing. It's like, yeah, it's like when, you know, um, friggin' Mortal Kombat came out and they were like, oh, if if your kid plays this, they'll become violent. Yeah. It's like, no, your kid no. <laughs> is just angry at you for not letting them play a video game, so they need to get their frustrations out by playing a video game. Yeah. That's fucking stupid. Stop parenting your kids so much, parents. Wow, occult is pretty vague. Yeah? Supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs, practices, or phenomena. Mystical? Mystical. You could call it? Yeah, you could say anything that, that about Christianity? Absolutely. You could. <laughs> this is a supernatural belief. Yeah. That fits a cult. That's what. Yeah. Yeah, supernatural, mystical, or magical, and then it's a belief, practice, or phenomena. Uh huh. It's. Yeah, that's so vague. But okay, but the difference there, Matt, though, is that God is real. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know like that's that's kind of yeah wow fun fact occult is also a verb that means cut off from view by interposing something An example a wooden screen designed t- to occult the competitors hmm the dungeon master screen <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was a bunch of bullshit that that inspired a book that inspired this film. Yeah, TV movie of the week. Um, basically, I guess, the book was inspired by a true story of a kid that went missing at some university, and the fact that he played Dungeons & Dragons was brought up a lot when talking about why he went missing and where he would have gone. Which, like obviously is dumb but then like that's also how it plays out in the movie is that yeah he played it and people talk about it a lot and it's very little to do with what's actually going on for sure but i mean you can draw any sort of correlation between anything right like when columbine happened they were like they had Marilyn manson cds in there Uh, You know in their room that's why they killed everyone it's like no maybe they killed everyone because they were bullied constantly for being different and nobody did anything about it and they didn't have any tools to to handle the emotions that they were feeling and they felt completely isolated and alone because no adults would actually listen to their problems and so they were like fine I guess we'll just kill everybody because there's like literally nothing else we can do. No, it was obviously Marilyn Manson. It's obviously Marilyn Manson. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I just, I thought going into it, given, you know, um, what I knew about the movie and what I knew about the Satanic Panic, I thought that they would, in the movie, really play up Dungeons and Dragons, which obviously they changed the name to Mazes and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. If you haven't gotten that yet, yeah. then bravo. <laughs> You're thick. Yeah. Um Sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> no, and thick in a good way. Two C's. Mm. You're welcome, Mark. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, I thought they would really play it up more that like that them playing mazes and monsters was actually like them doing evil shit. But yeah, like I like I thought that the the that they would actually lean into that as part of the narrative painting the game as something actually evil which it isn't yeah but instead honestly it, i kind of wish that they had it might have been more interesting it might have been more interesting but it would have been really annoying too it would have been annoying yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but instead it's just you have your main character played by tom hanks who clearly has some sort of disassociative mental health disorder yeah or he has a hard time differentiating the game from real life. Well yeah, it's um, even like it's it's not even that. He it's not it didn't feel like that it, that he had like a problem like telling what was real and what was the game. It was that he had some very serious trauma and I mean some undiagnosed mental illness for sure. Yeah, oh definitely. But like his only coping mechanism was escapism into yeah, the game where yeah. he just became his character, yeah, and like, so it like again it felt like it had nothing to do with mazes and monsters, like it could have been any other form of escapism. Yeah, it it could have been it could have been video games, it yeah. could have been pornography, could have been Uno, could have been Uno. Warner Brothers, we have a pitch. He only <laughs> has one card left. <laughs> And when he plays it, it's all over. We <laughs> need to reach him before he plays that last card. Okay. Quick. Someone grab me a plus four. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give him the plus four yet. It's not your turn. <laughs> someone reverse the order.
1: Oh this, this movie writes itself. It writes itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Quick, open up chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh Um uh, Yeah. So yeah. So the movie yeah, the movie is actually about um, these four friends, it's Tom Hanks who is the new kid. He's coming to a new school. Yeah. And then we've got And his parents are like, Don't play that. that is a monster game too much. it'll rot your brain and distract you from school. Yeah, well we learn as he's like he goes to like a party and he meets his new friends who are all into Maces and Monsters is that like he used to play Maces and Monsters. Um, but he doesn't anymore. And he's coming to this school because he got kicked out of his old school. He was expelled for just, like, skipping class too much, which is bullshit. Um, yeah, you play playing of the Monsters at night. Yeah. yeah. Like, as, you know, as as a, a, an, a, an adult who plays multiple different games, like, yeah, scheduling is hard, but it's not like <laughs> I skip work or something to go play the game. Yeah. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so, it, like, it's treated like an addiction, yeah. is what it is right like that scene could easily be them being like hey man you want to go outside and smoke some crack and he's like oh no actually i used to do that i was a level nine but i don't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> i was the level nine crack head but i need to stop and they're like oh of all come on it'll be fun and they're like no seriously guys i really don't do it. and like they ask him like five or six times and he's like no no seriously i can't i can't do it and they're like come on just smoke one bowl with us and if you don't like it then you can just quit any time Yeah, he's like, all right, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, because there was only three of them, and they needed a fourth. They needed a fourth because one person is the dungeon master. Oh, sorry, the maze controller. Maze controller, which is so dumb. Who's the maze comp (laughs) comp-troller. Who's the maze district attorney? Yeah, um, and superintendent of mazes. (laughs) That's good. I like that Uh, word. Yeah yeah and they so they had only had the 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 um the MC yeah
1: the Mace uh, controller. The MC. MC, that's, that's fun
0: good. that's fun uh and two players and they were couldn't do it they couldn't do it which I'm assuming given the context was like oh if you play this campaign as with only two people you're fucked like you're gonna die yeah yeah um so they needed a, a third yeah in order to actually have a chance of surviving and to be fair the campaign was very hard because there was a point where a a character just jumped into a pit and died because it was a trap it was actually like you there's there is a pit um but you also see something glittering inside it could be treasure or it could be a trap and then one of the characters was like i leap in to what how much treasure do i find and it's just (laughs) like it was a trap <laughs> you fall and you're impaled on glittering, like gem spikes. You're dead. I was like, "Wow, that was, that like, was not even you a role involved." Idiot, JJ. You should have used your sonar. <laughs> oh yeah, like before jumping. Why would you do something so stupid? <laughs> Which is, yeah, I, I mean, I got baffling. the feeling that like he did that on purpose. Like he knew his character was gonna die. There, there was a bit of that too. Yeah, he was he was in a mood. Yeah, because his his whole thing is. He, uh, the character JJ. His his character trope is that he wears hats. Oh my god! He's got different hats. Cowboy hat. The first time we see him, he's wearing like a German World War One military hat. Yeah, with like, like the, the spike the, the on spike top. on top. He's got a, hard, like a not hard fantasy. Hat. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, we see him next time we see him, he's in a big cowboy hat, yeah. a ten gallon hat, and then yeah, we see him in a construction hat like a pork pie hat yeah we see him in uh, like a safari hat yeah that's um, that's his character is that he wears goofy hats which is wild so dumb which is absolutely wild so funny but he's the one that wants to play the most he's always like come on guys let's play and they're like no like we have class and he's like come on like what about tomorrow like no we also have class like we can't play and he's like oh my god nobody's free to play today nobody's free to play tomorrow i'm gonna kill myself that is actually the. We don't know how like serious he was about that thought, but it. Well, was but it he like talks it out. He's like, I want to kill myself, and I want everyone to remember me. I know, I'll go out to the caves that are abandoned that we're not allowed to go to, and that's where I'm going to kill myself, and then everyone will remember me as the guy that killed himself in the cave. Yep. And then he goes to the cave. Yeah. And he's there, and he's like wandering around. Maybe looking for a place to do it. Yeah, but then at a certain point he's like, "What if we just played the game in here? This is actually pretty cool." (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's kind of the whole thing. Yeah, he his character dies when he just jumps into the pit. Yeah, and then he's dead, and everyone's like, "Well, shit!" And then like the the MC is like, "Well, we still have this campaign to play," and the other players like, "Well, it's not." as fun now it's not the same because this character that we've been traveling with the whole time is dead yeah and he's gonna have to start at level one and we're level nine and, like it's just it's kind of ruined <laughs> your hands are tied yeah which is so silly to think about now because like why would you ever just kill someone's character for making a single choice and why wouldn't you just let a player start at the same level as everyone else because it's a game and it's meant to be fun but anyway um i have a lot of feelings about that yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, at a certain point, I guess there's things that we're like, we're like I climb to the t- highest tower in the tallest castle and I jump out the window. It's like, okay, do you want to do anything to try and stop your fall? Nope. Okay. Well, you're dead then. <laughs> I would, I mean, I would ask at the point, do you kill yourself? Because <laughs> then it's them killing themselves. Yeah. It's out of my hands. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But this for very, very much felt like the Dutch Master were like, oh, you, you're dead. Like could could have changed it or could have called for a roll anyway yeah um yeah even if you're like all right you got to cross a a pit of alligators on a tightrope you know and the guy's like i'm just gonna try and jump in actually and get the goblet with you know without going to the other side and getting the magic reaching stick (laughs) i should write (laughs) this (laughs) down you have to be like okay well roll to see if you land in an alligator's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You heard me say that there are a lot of alligators, right? Like, the danger's yeah. been telegraphed. Um, I guess so, yeah. I mean, he springs a trap, so it's kind of like... Mm. Mm-hmm. He did warn him that it could be a trap. But you're right. It's kind of... yeah. How much damage does the trap do? I guess all of it. <laughs> yeah, it does all damage. Yeah. Yeah, plus old school D&D was actually way more brutal in that respect yeah yeah but anyway um yeah so he he dies and then the game kind of falls apart because of that and that's when he suggests that they amp it up they play mazes and monsters in a more sophisticated way which was part of his pitch which i thought was interesting the choice of the word sophisticated He invents LARPing, basically. Yeah, it's one hundred percent what he does. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's dress up as our characters and go play in an actual fantasy cave, in an actual cave, and that'll be our game. And yeah, that's LARPing. Yeah. That's fucking dope. So he's off hiding somewhere in in the in the cave. And he's like rigged up like a skeleton to jump out at them and stuff. and that's right, yeah. All kinds of stuff. And then, but then every now and then it'll be like, oh, there's, there's a monster appears. Yeah, it's, to... a, it's a Gorvax or whatever. Sounds something like that, yeah. <laughs> and then that's when Tom Hanks' character has a slight break from reality and he starts seeing the monster coming at him and he and he kills it with his sword in character and all that kind but, of like, stuff. But like, also like fully starts a screaming because yeah. he actually sees it in his mind but from that point on he's like stuck in that character yeah like he breaks up with his girlfriend because his character is a holy man and he has to remain celibate yep um and he also starts seeing visions of the great hall which yeah. is a uh his brother his brother's name is hall yeah so we learned before we say he starts dating this girl who's who's um uh, Kate, uh, Kate, one of the players yeah. in the game, and then the last character is named Daniel. Just so we've said all the character names, because I actually remember right. them. Right. I yeah, often yeah, yeah, don't yeah. remember people's names in movies we watch, but I, I remember them all. Dan, Kate, JJ, and Robbie. Robbie, yeah, that's Robbie's Tommy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, he um, uh, confides in Kate that like when he was younger, I don't actually know how young. I don't remember how long ago it was. But, like, his brother, Hall, weird name. We definitely thought it was Paul for, like, more more than half of the movie until we saw it in writing. And we're like, that's what they've been saying? It's like Hall and Oates. It's like Hall and Oates. His brother is Daryl Hall. Oh. So his brother, Daryl. Yeah. The great Daryl Hall. There Um, are some who call me Tim. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good movie. Oh, great and mighty Tim. Yeah same vibes yeah same vibes um but yeah so his brother they like had a birthday party for him and his birthday is on halloween which sucks that's a rob so metal super metal yeah so (laughs) occult yeah well you can always convince people to have a party though i feel like if your birthday was on halloween actually you get like a lot more mileage out of having like a big party but I feel like you could have a birthday party and then also a Halloween party if your birthday was not on Halloween. I guess so. But I feel like people are less inclined as you get older to go to, like, birthday parties. Like, I felt like a holdout for a long time because I was, I like having a birthday party for myself. I think the last time I was at a birthday party was for your birthday. And I would, like, you know, I would, like, throw myself a birthday party.
1: Yeah
0: um and then like eventually just like less and less people would come and i'd be like all right i guess people have lives and stuff and like there's that celebrating your birthday when you're like in your 30s is just like not a thing you do with a huge group i guess really anymore i mean i do not like i absolutely think that you could i think you could too i just would never do it for myself it's just i think it gets harder yeah you gotta give people more notice and yeah. <laughs> do something that actually entices people, or it's gotta be a big milestone. Like that's when I think you can start doing. Like, all right, when you turn forty, you uh, can do a big one. Yeah. When you turn fifty, you can do a big one. You know, fifty-five, you can go to Denny's and order from the seniors' menu. It's a big <laughs> deal, very big it's deal, big deal. I'll never do that. Um, yeah, you can't eat there. Yeah, can't. Eat don't do shit it. There, yeah. um, which is too bad because the seniors' menu looks good. Does it? Usually, when I go to Denny's, I'm like. Fuck, actually, I want that. that. That's the thing I want. That looks actually kind of healthy. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I want an egg white omelet with spinach and feta cheese and cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah. That's not pretty good. But they're like, how about we give you all the meats and cheddar <laughs> cheese, scrambled eggs, and hash browns and four pancakes? You better eat it all, or else we'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Denny's, <laughs> <An> America motherfucker. <laughs> eat your pancakes. Yikes. Who fucking kill you? <laughs> Denny's is a scary place. Yeah.
1: Wow. Your cholesterol ain't nearly high enough, boy.
0: Butter up that bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a glass of the bacon grease we <laughs> saved from when we made your breakfast. <laughs> bacon grease milkshake. <laughs> they did have a bacon milkshake. Oh, of it had, like chunks they of bacon did. in it. Yeah. Oh, of course they did. Maple bacon milkshake or something like that. Yeah. Never tried it. But. Gross. Yeah. So, anyways, he he starts to lose his grip on reality. Yeah. His brother.
1: Uh, oh, right. That's what we were talking about. His, his brother.
0: brother. His brother. It was his birthday. It was Halloween. And he fucking disappeared. Yeah. And then they never got a note, never got a postcard, nothing. He just disappeared. Never seen him. But. Earlier, at some, some point earlier before his disappearance, Hall talked about really wanting to be able to go to New York. Um, but couldn't afford it. But his brother, Robbie, played by Tom Hanks, America's father, um, had some money and decided to give it to him. And so he thinks that his brother... And left without saying a word to go to new york and only could because he had given him his money right yep which seems to be the source of all his trauma yeah he feels guilty for yeah giving his brother the means to run away and, like, there has to be more story there yeah. that we just don't know about. Because it seems weak. Was he murdered? Did he change his name? Was he kidnapped? Did he die like, of an overdose? And, like, like why did he want to go to New York without saying a word to yeah. anyone? Was his home life, like, really bad or Was he something? Was in trouble with the mob? That would have been, yeah. Could have been could have been the mob. Who knows? I hadn't thought about that. Could have been the mob. But, yeah, so he starts getting these visions of, like, you've got to uh reach the two towers and you've got to do you have to be holy inside and out yeah yeah it yeah. means no more fucking yeah dump your girlfriend and then you got to get to the two towers and he's like drawing maps and then, like the great hall and the two towers and basically his plan is he, he goes to new york and his plan is he's got to find the two towers and jump off of them yeah. <laughs> using, and then he'll use some I magic so. spells to reach the great hall somehow. Yeah. Like he he already he already dreamed about his brother all the time. Yeah. But then yeah, once he kind of got stuck in his his character, which was um Pardu. Pardu, Pardu yeah. the priest. Yeah, the holy the man. The holy man. Um and so yeah, he's having dreams about being at the end of a tunnel and there's some figure at the end who's the great hall was his brother and yeah telling him to come to the two towers and he's got to be holy and like he has to wait for the sign or something like that and then on Halloween so he's fully triggered at that point yeah he just like has a dream and then like wakes up with the voice in his head it's time and then he probably very much like his brother did now that I think about it Got up and left. He didn't take his wallet. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't lock his door. Yeah, he just, just went walked to New out. York somehow. He just walked to New York. I don't know. I don't know if we knew where the setting was. Uh, it w- must not have been too far from New York. I would they, think so. they <laughs> get there pretty quickly. It's probably like upstate New York is where the college is. Mm, probably yeah. like just a little bit outside. Because you know, they seem to be in the country. A little bit you know yeah it's bit. not it's not very metropolitan yeah um so they're in some sort of suburb of new york probably yeah so then, he, he walks there probably you know takes him a good day or so to get there probably um and he's just kind of in a trance he's yeah. on his holy quest he's wandering around uh some guys try to mug him and he thinks you know he envisions them being a a monster and Ends up stabbing one of them, yeah, which was very confusing. Ultimately, like, like they go to one of them they, like asks him like, "What's in his pouch?" And of course, he responds, "My spells." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they try to take it from him, and he runs. But then he runs into an alley, and he's cornered. And then one of them, one of the two, starts approaching. And then yeah, he kind of like starts to see it as a monster. It is exactly the same monster that was in the the cavern yeah they only got one suit yeah so that was uh that was a budget problem i think yeah um more than anything else (laughs) um but yeah he has like this kind of costume jeweled dagger that like when they dressed up for their larping he had yeah and we also saw it like in his dorm room when he was working on this maze map thing which i don't actually know what the fuck that was um It was a real thing. And we see him holding that between him and the person and like moving to try to stab him. And then the person lunges at him and then like moves back clutching their side. And he's just like straight up holding a like a hunting knife. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is I'd have to go back and watch it again, which I won't. (laughs) Um, But I'd I'd have to go back and look and see if we ever see that dagger when he's in the presence of the other players
1: mm. or if it's only
0: when he's off by himself. Cause when he gets attacked by the monster, he's alone by himself in the cave. Yeah. And when he's working on his map, he's alone in his dorm room. That's true. You know? So I'm like, maybe he didn't actually have that. You think that this movie is that intelligent to have, maybe. To have thought of that and not, and not verbally express it. Yes. Because otherwise I feel like he would have just used that knife. I don't understand the reason for him having like a like a fold out hunting knife. Otherwise, I also don't understand yeah. the reason of him having that at all. Um, I don't know. I feel like that costumed dagger was real. Maybe, like I said, I, 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 we'd have to go back and, and check if he ever uses it in the presence of of the others. But the main points that i remember him having it is only whenever he's by himself and so it's like it is the the dagger he uses to slay the monster in the yeah so it's like from his perspective we're seeing it as that and maybe he just always had the hunting knife as uh, as his prop maybe um yeah yeah. so he fucking says that guy um and then runs away yeah and that's enough to like break him out of the trance yeah, we kind of like sees his reflection in some glass. Yeah, which I feel like you, you would have seen your reflection in some glass earlier, Probably. walking around a city like New York City. Um, but but yeah, he it's sees a combination
1: that combination
0: of oh. of having killed someone and holding a knife and having his hands covered in blood. Yeah, because he says he's got he's got blood on his knife and on his hands. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, he he calls Kate because he's been like snapped out of it for a second he's like i'm in new york i don't know how i got here i got blood on my knife and on my hands i think i killed somebody yeah um and she's like okay all right uh here's what you're gonna do you're gonna go to uh jj's mom's house it's you know this is the address we're gonna meet you there right away go straight there we're mm-hmm. coming right away we're gonna come get you yeah and on uh, and, and at this point too his his three friends um have definitely noticed that he's gone. Yeah, and they've, they've like that's right. They've gone to the police. Yeah, they like first called his parents, um, and he wasn't there. And then yeah, they ended up talking to the police about it. Um, and then they decided, like, they were really worried that because they had they had seen him starting to get stuck in his character that he had gone back to the caves, and gotten lost and or died in there. Yeah, so they go to the caves. They clean out all of their mazes and monster stuff, all of their larping shit. Yeah. Um, and then call the police and say that he was into mazes and monsters, but we don't really know anything about that shit. And that's really when we get the first kind of taste of the satanic panic in a really weird, stupid way, mm-hmm. where like they yeah they tell a cop that they're worried that he's in the caves, and then they're interviewed one by one by a detective, who like comes to the conclusion that, like, oh, he played Mazes and Monsters? Well, obviously, one of the people he played with went crazy and murdered him. Yeah. In the caves. So he's dead in the cave somewhere because someone murdered him because they play Mazes and Monsters together. Yeah. And it's like, where did you get that logic from? Because we've literally just been seeing four friends sitting around a very small table with way too many candles, um but i get it ambiance is important Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a fire hazard though you're in a dorm room definitely Um, but that that also i think is kind of adding to the like they want it to appear as like an evil thing i guess but like it didn't work on me (laughs) um it's it's been very clearly just friends playing a game having fun oh yeah for sure but and there's just something something mentally wrong um with robbie yeah, no, it is, yeah. But uh, I think that's more to, like, appeal to the audience of, like, oh, they light all the candles, and they're doing, like, this, uh, you know, they're playing in the dark, <laughs> and candlelight, and they're doing this, like, dark ritual, very cult, this evil game kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah, but it, it really just came out of left field with this, like, law professional, or, sorry, police man. Yeah. Detective? Um, detective, that's the word, jeez, what the? <laughs> is he even a police detective, or was he like, a P.I.? I thought he was a detective, but I he guess we have, don't actually He must know. have been a police detective, actually. I think yeah. so. Why would they have a PI? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that he's just like, oh, obviously he was murdered by someone else who plays this game with him. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? And then, of course, they'd search the caves and don't find him. No. And then... Because he's in New York. Yeah. And then the detective's like, I hate to say it, kids, but your friend's dead. <laughs> or he's not in the caves. But if he's in the caves, he's dead. <laughs> And it's like, wow. It's like verbatim dialogue. Yeah. It's so bad. We're like, what the fuck? Like, useless. Yeah. Useless police. Like, either way, I'm not doing anything about it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Yeah, so anyways, so she gets the call and she gathers Daniel and JJ and they drive off to New York to JJ's house mm-hmm. where the doorman is like, I'm sorry, Mr. JJ. I didn't see him. Yeah. Oh, nobody's arrived for you. Sorry, because on his way to JJ's mom's house, um, Robbie sees just like two men, and one, I mean, one of them is wearing a leather jacket or something. Yeah. But, the, but then just like gets a flashback of those two who of tried the mo- to the mug, mug muggers, him. Yeah. But when those two mugged him, he wasn't Robbie. He was Pardoum. Yeah. And and so then he triggered again. Flips. Yeah. and runs away from them and runs straight down into the subway and into a maintenance tunnel yeah and gets lost in the actual maze beneath new york city yeah where he runs into a homeless man that's camped out down there oh yeah and, and he's like introduces I... himself right as like yeah, he's like i'm I'm pardu, i'm a holy man and then the homeless man's like well, i'm the king of france <laughs> And he's like, Oh, your majesty And he like, <laughs> like slowly bows. Yeah, like yeah. bows to him and stuff, and the homeless man's kinda like, All right. Um <laughs> Homeless Man was probably the best character in the movie, let's be real. And he's like, I've heard I've heard the dragon roaring above us. And the homeless man's like, Oh, don't go up there. You don't want to let them know that you're up there. You stay down here, they don't come down here. Otherwise they'll cook you out. Talking about transit authority, yeah, obviously. Obviously. Um but then he's like, I need to get to the two towers. Like, oh, yeah, I know where those are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest tallest buildings in new york yes i can point you in that direction for sure absolutely um and then his friends are sitting around going over his map and stuff like that um and and then they and when they read the two towers they think of tolkien yeah they're thinking lord of the rings right and then something happens i don't remember what oh um the the bird merlin so jj has a bird yes i forget what kind of bird it is he said it at one point and i didn't recognize it but it, it is a bird that can talk Um, and so it says things, um, which in the scene with the detective, when he's interviewing JJ, um, he sees the bird and asks him, Oh, what kind of bird is that? And that's when JJ says the name of the bird. I don't remember. And then the policeman asks, does he talk? To which the bird responds, birds don't talk, (laughs) which... I found so funny It's so good It's such a good joke If you could train A bird to talk That's one of the funniest things That you could train it What does it talk Birds don't talk Birds don't talk (laughs) And (laughs) But while they're like Figuring this out Um JJ brought Merlin with them Because Merlin is good luck Apparently Um But he keeps saying Happy Halloween Yeah And then that's what triggers The memory for Kate That his brother Disappeared on Halloween That was a big problem For him um but it, she doesn't and that's and they're in new york right um which is where he, um her his brother had wanted to go and then it's like oh we're in new york this has to do with his brother on halloween new york the two towers she finally makes the connection yeah but it's not the two towers it's the twin towers. The twin oh, twin i think it's towers. jj actually that makes the connection what was it jj yeah he's like i've been thinking about the book but we're in new york it's not the two towers it's the twin towers oh yeah yeah, yeah that's right we gotta that's go right. to the world trade center yep uh, and then they go, and they see him there, and this uh, really long, really long, boring, chasing? slow chase scene happens. Where Yeah, he- like, they arrive, and they're like, okay, let's go up to the observation deck. And then Robbie arrives in the lobby. Yeah. And they're like, okay, where is he? He's not at the observation deck, so they go all the way back to the lobby while he's going up yeah and then, they, then they like see, they yeah. see him on an upper level and like oh shit there he is turn around let's yeah, go. We gotta go and then they try to find him and then the heat like an elevator door closes in front of him just as they arrive and then they go up to the observation deck again and he's still not there and it's like really monotonous <laughs> yeah and there's like a there's like a thing that says like escalator closed or whatever Oh, yeah. Or roof roof closed. Roof closed, yeah. And there's like a staircase. And I'm like, all right, so like when are they going to go up there? Because that's well, obviously, obviously going they need happen. to go. Yeah. <laughs> they run past that thing twice. Yep. And never, same shot probably, and they never go up there. But then uh, they hear an alarm go off. And they're like, oh, shit, like that's an alarm. Like a door opened. And then they can see like there's a door closing that says says like emergency exit only or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or authorized personnel or something like that. Something like that. They, Alarm will sound, basically, right, and so then they open the door uh, and run up to the roof, where they find him about to jump off. Um, oh, yeah, and they've been calling his name this whole time, and he hasn't been responding. Yeah. As soon so th- as they get there, as he's like putting his foot up on the railing, and JJ yeah. calls Pardue, and then he stops and, and turns around. Yeah, and they basically have to use like the rules of the game to talk him down. Where he's like, you can't, you can't jump, like you're gonna, you're gonna die, and he's like, no, I have spells, I'll fly, and he's like, you don't have enough points. I'm the maze controller. To use those spells, yeah, I have absolute authority here. You need to come down, and then that's when he kind of starts to realize, like, oh, like wait, game points, it's a game, um. and, then, and then he realizes he doesn't know, I've had a memory of how he got there, kind of thing. Yeah. And then the the famous scene. I don't know why I've seen it. I guess I've seen it memed or something, but it's yeah. just him in that moment going. What am I doing here, JJ? What am I doing here? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it ends on this like kind of like weird melancholy note. Oh God, yeah. So like, so yeah, he breaks down there on the roof, and then they all go and hug, and yeah. then and then it cuts to three months later. Yeah, and it's it's Kate and Daniel and JJ driving in a car together, giving us a little bit of exposition where like the next semester starting soon. And they wish that um, Robbie was coming back to school with them. But he's not. Yeah, But it's because the, his mom says he needs to keep seeing that doctor. And so we're like, great, he's getting help. That's fantastic. Um, And then they go to his house, his parents' house. And um, the mom sees them and is like, just so you know, I don't blame any of you. And I was like, No shit, lady. Like <laughs> what the fuck did this have to do with them? Like Yeah, yeah. Well, just because I don't blame any of you for playing a game with my son. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, get off. Um so dumb. and says like he's around back, and so they go around back to see him and they greet him and it's fucking pardu. Yeah, he's still stuck in character. Which like three months later. He has been seeing a doctor. Is he not getting any fucking help? Also, Mom, you could have prepared them. Yeah. Like, oh, by the way, he's still stuck in his character. Heads up. That's going to be traumatic for you to see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's still in character. He thinks that he's staying at an inn and that his parents are the innkeepers. Yep. Um, They live by a lake and so it's a mystical enchanted lake. Yeah, he's then, seen the the spirits dancing on it in the evening. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, and then they go into the woods to play the game one last time. <sighs> yeah, it's like yeah, it there's the enchanted forest beyond the mystical lake and there's like some like do you know of it? And they're all obviously all very depressed to see that he yeah. is, is not better. Um and then like eventually Daniel's like, "Yeah, I've heard of it." And then JJ's like, yeah, I'm the maze controller. This is what's in there. Let's go. Let's go do it. And then there's, like, it's a faraway shot of them walking towards the the forest. And it's a bit of voiceover wrapping up things by Kate. Who's like, so we went into the forest and there were a lot of monsters. Robbie was the only one who could see them. We could not see the monsters. Because they weren't real. Yeah. And we fought them. We played until the sun set and all the monsters were dead. And that was the last time we ever played. Yeah. And that was our hope dying and us losing our friend forever. Yeah. Roll credits. Yeah. And I think that is kind of where the satanic panic, like, element of it really takes over where they're like oh okay we need to make this like a cautionary tale of like if you play Dungeons and Dragons you will go crazy and die <laughs> yeah like it was wow just like so brutal yeah um Good so gracious. yeah it's a pretty bad movie it's on YouTube for free if you want to watch it yeah oh, yeah that's where we did it go ahead Um, I won't stop you I'd advise against it, but (laughs) I won't stop you. Um, It's not recommended. Yeah. Do you want to give your review? I mean, I think everyone knows. what. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is a very obviously one big pile of shit. It is one big pile of shit for sure. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. Just, just no. There were, there was one really good laugh and that was the birds don't talk. Birds don't talk. Yep. That was good. It holds a nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nineteen? Okay, yeah, it's pretty low. I was I was gonna guess twelve, but okay. <laughs> um, Certainly not the lowest reviewed thing we've ever done on here, but nope. yeah, I agree with you. It is one big pile of shit. Yeah, and um, I I also agree with you. I think leaning into the satanic element of it might have made it more interesting. Probably, while also making it more annoying, yeah, <laughs> uh, to watch as a viewer and someone who enjoys playing D anD. d Yeah, I think leaning into the like, oh, when they play D anD. d They're doing evil magic shit. <laughs> that's a- like actually put on screen what every parent fears. You know, yeah, what every concerned parent is scared of happening. When their kid plays D&D, they're like, oh, they're getting sucked into the occult and they're doing dark magic. And Uh that would have been way more interesting. I mean, you don't even have to have it be like, oh, they're doing actual magic, but it could just be like, they're pretending to do magic. And then maybe that magic goes a little too far and they start, you know, sacrificing stray cats or something like, I don't know, like that would have been dark. Would have been fucked up, right? Yeah. And like that would have been the kind of thing that like parents in the '80s would have been afraid of, probably. Yeah, absolutely. But instead, it's like a kind of a slightly over the top take on someone who's suffering with trauma and some other sort of disassociative mental condition. Yeah, because when he snaps out of being part he does not remember. Yeah he's he's completely disassociating. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's got yeah, PTSD and some other kind of uh mental um health di- uh concern, mental yeah. health disorder. Um and uh, you know, and it's, it's 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 slightly over the top, but it's like way more fucking grounded than <laughs> than like what think people were actually afraid of and like it's really hard to blame the game yeah in this movie it's like oh no he just like he needs therapy yeah a hundred percent Like he's using escapism to deal with the 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 trauma of losing his brother and the guilt that he feels for giving his brother the the means to to disappear Mm -hmm. um as opposed to oh no satan is is causing them to go nuts like that would have been more more interesting and campier, probably, and therefore, I think, might have made it more fun. Potentially. Like, to the point where, like, oh, maybe this is craptacular, but, like, as it is now, it's just kind of sad. It's just sad. Sad and, and lame. Yeah. I like, think it's not, it's not very well made. No. Tom Hanks. You can't even say, like, oh, yes, you can see, like, the the brilliance of Tom Hanks. Yeah, you know, he, he's destined to be a star, like... No, you just see...
1: What am I doing here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But, hey, you know, that's it is what it is. is what it is. We will track down every Dungeons & Dragons related thing at some point and watch it. Oh, no. Was this worse than the actual Dungeons & Dragons movie from, like, 2000? Ooh, the Jeremy Irons? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like we gave that a bad rating. Oh yeah, but I still look back on it, kind of laughing a bit. <laughs> like for sure, for sure. Blood rains from the sky. Oh yeah, that's you know that's classic. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I have a soft spot for that movie because I watched it so many times <laughs> on like cable amazing it was like for whatever tbs had it on on like sunday afternoons all the time and so like i would go to church when (laughs) i was a kid and then afterwards we would go to my oma's house my grandmother's house for lunch and after lunch i would go she had a tv in her bedroom and my dad would usually sit there and watch golf with my with my opa they would sit there and watch golf together and i'm like well this is the most boring thing ever and so i would go (laughs) and see what was on tv and If MXC wasn't on, uh, then usually I would flip over to TBS and Dungeons & Dragons would be on TV. That's wild. So I probably saw that movie like 20 times. That's ridiculous. In in pieces. Yeah. uh, On, yeah, on TBS. On cable television. On cable television on Sunday afternoons. Wild. So there's like a little bit of like nostalgia there for me, but I think this is worse. I think it is. I think it's the worst movie. Also, fun fact, there was one very obvious... um, edit for commercials in the movie that you pointed out like oh kids these days will have no idea why that weird edit is yeah it's just one of those things like oh right why would they yeah I I listened to someone on a podcast talking about watching the original Transformers with uh, his son and his son going like how come it keeps like fading to black and then it fades for, like, one second, then it fades back in, and they say the same line that they just said <laughs> two seconds ago, but, like, slightly different. It would be so confusing without <laughs> context. Yeah. It's silly. Yeah. so interesting. It's like, it's when, like, you, it's like when you, you just have just your, your... Four minutes of serial commercials, and now we need to <laughs> remind you of what was happening. <laughs> yeah. It's like when you use your your thumb and your pinky as a, as a, f- a fake phone that you're yeah. talking into, and how kids these days don't know that that's supposed to be a phone because this isn't a phone you know you have to hold your your yeah. smartphone like with your fingers opposite your thumb that's what holding a phone is this is holding a. Phone. this is talking on a phone this yeah. makes no sense yeah uh for uh viewers or listeners he's doing the the hang loose thumb and pinky yeah. surfer gesture but to your ear uh there's a dinosaur that does this i keep forgetting what it's called iguanodon oh that's exactly it thank you yeah <laughs> you big nerd i <laughs> love you the iguanodon with a thumb spike the other thing that's for I w- shanking yeah it's dope as hell. the other thing i watched five thousand times in a <laughs> row was walking with dinosaurs oh, narrated by yes. kenneth branagh oh fuck yes yeah. have you seen uh do you have apple tv plus yeah i think so have you watched prehistoric planet no, I haven't. Oh, that's it's David Attenborough. Oh, so, um, okay. Like Planet Earth, yeah. right? But it's it's like a dinosaur nature show. Cool. And it's awesome. Sweet. Because like Des and I went back and rewatched uh, Walking with Dinosaurs. Still great, but the CGI <laughs> oh of is course. from 1998. Yeah. Um, that's and the weak. CGI in Prehistoric Planet is fucking crazy. Cool. It's so good. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I like dinosaurs. Yeah. It's like the, the gateway nerd obsession when you're a kid. And you like a little dinosaurs. bit, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was a kid. That's fucking dope. I just wanted to be a Stegosaurus, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither of us achieved our dreams, did we? No, no. And now we're 30. Stegosaurus is a good call, though. It's a good dinosaur. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got that dope ass tail.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what's weird about dinosaurs? I'm going to go on a totally different tangent right now, but like, 100%. Talking about, like, Stegosaurus. Mm hmm. And then there's, like, another dinosaur that I know about from playing uh, Jurassic World Evolution. <laughs> nice. Uh, called, like, Kentosaurus. That rings a bell. Something like that. And it's like a Stegosaurus, but I guess it's just, like, slightly smaller. It's the pre-evolution? Maybe. I don't know. That was a Pokemon joke.
1: Yes. I gotcha. Okay. I yeah. got you. <laughs> I mean, in,
0: in the game, they make them a different color, right? And like, it's yellow instead of green.
1: Oh, of course. Um,
0: but... Yeah, so, like, slightly different spines on its back or, like, uh, you know, slightly different arrangement of tail spikes. Hmm. Um, and I'm always kind of just, like, how do they, like, why do they think this is, a like, completely different? Like, is it different enough? I mean, it must be. That they're, like, oh, this is a totally new species or is it, like, that oh, was a baby. <laughs> this is a teenager one. <laughs> you know, like, this one was only, like, a year old or whatever, so it wasn't fully grown. Weird, you know. There's so much that they yeah, just Would like, they find like a baby Tyrannosaurus Rex and be like, "Whoa, what dinosaur is this? It's not that big." Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Strange. I I I I don't understand how paleontology is supposed to work. I mean, I get, I understand it's a lot of hypothesis and theory. it Kind of has to be, yeah. Kind of has to be at this point. Um, is that why you wanted to be one so bad? Because you didn't know what the fuck was up with the cantosaurus <laughs> Kinda. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I just thought it would be cool to, like, I just thought dinosaurs were cool. Yeah, like, Digging up dinosaur bones seemed fun. Now it just seems like a lot of work. They're sweaty and in the desert most of the time and sweating, being hot, dirty, sweaty and gross. All the sweat and <laughs> dirt. <laughs> what if it was just in, like, a temperate climate? Would it then be fine? I guess so. I mean, You still... seem really hung up on the sweat. Dude, you're still doing a lot of work, though. You still probably get pretty sweaty. None. I'd imagine so, yeah. It's still... still there with a hammer, just like hammering into rocks and stuff. Mm, that's yeah. true. That's true. Anyways, this is not important. I'm going to probably cut all this out. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. Up to you. You're the editor. All right. Well, that wraps things up for us this month in, on the Retro Crap Show. Um, linktree tr.ee slash retro crap pod has all the links that we talked about earlier hell yeah uh, if you want to reach out to the show that's how you can do it uh and well yeah i don't know when we're back next month we'll watch something else that's the plan i'll try to find something better i'll try not to subject us to
1: <laughs>
0: another mazes and monsters but you know what i'm glad i'm glad we did it me too because it means we don't have to do it again ever yeah it's in the it's in the past now it doesn't matter it's in the past exactly um yeah so until next time keep watching crap